Amen. Good morning. We're about to have church up in here. Man, we had snow. We're praising the Lord. We're all here together. It's Christmas. If you're not excited, something's wrong with you. Galatians chapter 5 is where we're at this morning. Take your Bible if you have one. If you don't, that's okay. We have a copy up on the screen. Galatians chapter 5. Did you know? Did you know that if you're a believer this morning in the house, that you have been set free? Did you know that? I know that's radical. But you've been set free. All the way. And most of the struggle in our life will happen after we come to know the Lord. Our our hardest days will come because we forget that. We lose faith in the truth that the Lord has set us free. Listen to these radical statements by Jesus. He told his disciples in John chapter 8, listen to this. You will know the truth... And the truth will set you free. Isn't that crazy? Listen to this. He told the disciples in Matthew chapter 11, he said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, who is this man? He's God. John chapter 14, he says, My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts troubled. Have you experienced this kind of freedom? This morning, somebody, I'm about to tell y'all what's about to happen. Somebody about to be set free. In fact, a whole lot of people about to be set free. A lot of believers this morning, you're already set free, but you've forgotten it. And I believe by faith in God's word, he's about to set some people free. Have you experienced this kind of freedom lately? 2 Corinthians 5 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, the new has come. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says, You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You say this morning, um, Okay, I don't really feel that way. Or you may say this morning, um, okay, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but I still have the same thoughts that I had before I was a Christian, and I still have the same um, struggles that I had before I became a Christian. Same feelings. What's wrong with me? Many Christians today here in Mississippi have this attitude. Well, Clarence, I guess, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace and I'm just hanging on until the rapture happens. No, that's that's not what a believer is supposed to have the attitude supposed to be. Jesus said, I came so they would have life and have life to the full. Jesus came to give us abundant life and it's not supposed to start when you get to the top. That'll be the climax, but... When you come to know Jesus, 
you begin to taste that freedom, that abundant life in Christ now. A lot of people say, well, I guess I'll be free when my circumstances change. Friend, if, that, if that's the case, you're not going to be free until you go to heaven. And this morning, many people have the attitude, well, I guess I need to have more faith so that I can defeat Satan, so that I can beat evil. There's a fly up here. I'm about to swat it in Jesus' name. But some people, just like that fly, that gnat, we think that, oh man, we've got to take care of it. They're not going to put this on CNN or Fox News or WLOX, but listen to this. You don't have to defeat Satan. He's already defeated. He's already crushed. Christ already defeated him. It's finished. We just need to believe it. The Lord has already done everything that he needed to do to set your life up where you can live victoriously every day. Every day. And that's what Galatians chapter 5 is about. This morning, I can lead you to the fountain, but it's going to take you bending over and drinking this free water. Nobody can repent for you this morning, except for you. Nobody can believe the truth this morning for your life, except for you. Nobody else can put on the armor of God except for you, for your life. No one else can forgive others in your life except for you. No one else can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ except for you. So before we go through this text, okay, Galatians chapter 5, I want to remind you that it is imperative that you... Focus on the words of this chapter. Okay? We're not here for entertainment. We're not here to have our ears tickled. If it were, if we were, I'd ask you why Santa's helpers feel depressed sometimes. And I would say because they have low elf esteem. Y'all wake. See, that's what, we're not here for entertainment. That doesn't work. We can't compete. See, out in the world, they can spend millions of dollars to make you feel good. This is not about feeling good. But there's a great benefit. You really can have free life in Christ this morning. So here we are. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to go verses 1 through 6 to start us out, okay? Verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So, we have three truths this morning I'm going to glean from Galatians chapter 5. The first one is, freedom in Christ designates the believer 
is no longer a slave to the flesh, the devil, or the world. Here in verse 1, Paul says, you've been set free. Stand firm. It's for freedom you've been set free. Rebel against the burden of slavery. Paul says, you're no longer a slave. Let me ask you this question. Who puts the most pressure on your life? You, right? Think about it. In the morning, when you wake up or during the middle of the day or as you're trying to get back home in that late afternoon or wherever you are, who puts the most pressure on your life? Where's it coming from? Come from yourself. And we don't realize it, but our works righteousness culture spills over into our life. And before we know it, we're finding our identity and our satisfaction on what we can do instead of on what the Lord has said about us. And Paul, these people in these churches began to say that you had to be circumcised in order to be saved, that that is what helped you attain salvation. And Paul says, that's works righteousness. And Paul says a radical thing. He basically says, Christ cannot help you if you receive that. In fact, Paul says, you sever Christ if you receive that. And this morning, it may not be circumcision. Lord, I hope not. But it might be something else that you have added to the equation. That just in your own mind, because maybe your great aunt Sally told you or somebody, maybe you, you believed that they thought this at the church house, but works righteousness, that's not how you attain favor with God. That's not how salvation works. And Paul warns us very clearly here. It says, hey, if you accept works righteousness, you reject Christ. There'll be a lot of people this morning across churches in our land that will reject Jesus because they received works righteousness. They believed a lie that the enemy put in between their ears. Verse 3, Paul says, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. Paul says, if you're going to go down that road, you're going to have to keep the law the whole way. All the way. Never sin. Good luck with that. And then Paul says, you're going to be measured in the end. When you get to the end, the when you get to the end of that road, you're going to be judged for it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go down that road. It's not going to end well. Then in verse 4, he says, You are severed from Christ because you, basically, you want to be justified by the law. Cut yourself off. Severed from Christ. Now, if you're a believer this morning, You've received that free gift based on Romans chapter 8. You cannot be severed from Christ. So obviously he's speaking. He believes there's a lot of people that's going to read this letter. They don't know Jesus. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, nor not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. 
So severed from Christ cannot be talking about the believer. But the unbeliever that does fall away from grace because they never accepted the grace that was offered. They were never truly a believer. Verse 5. For, our, for through the Spirit, by faith, there's the key, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. It means we don't have to produce. If it's something you have to wait for, it's something that you're not going to produce. It doesn't come from us. And we gain full righteousness when we die, or, or unless the Lord comes back before. But we've, we've been given a deposit. Verse 6. For Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Paul says, works righteousness counts for nothing. Jack squat. Only faith working through love. Counts for something. Next truth I'd like us to see is from verses 7 through 12. Freedom in Christ happens because of the cross of Christ. Let's read verse 7 through 12. You are running well who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will, be, will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision... Why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Paul is upset, if you cannot tell. Paul basically says in verse 7, Who has been bullying you? Who has cut you off? Who has poisoned your mind? It's not from Jesus. It's not from the Lord. That's from somewhere else. Paul said if... If I were to preach circumcision were necessary for righteousness, then the cross would be removed from the equation. Then the cross would be void. The cross is offensive. The cross declares that we and our best efforts are not worthy. The cross declares that we have a problem. If there were no cross, there would be no need for a manger. There would be no need for a baby boy named Jesus to be sent, Emmanuel, God with us. The cross is why baby Jesus came. Paul says, I wish you would emasculate yourselves. In other words, he says, I wish you would, those people would amputate themselves away from the body of Christ. Paul says those people spreading lies, their teachings not any good. It's a waste of time. It's kind of like social media. People spend hours on it. It's a waste of time and never produces anything. In fact, it makes them feel worse than they when they got on it. Works righteousness is like water in dead plants. It's pointless. It doesn't work. Next truth I'd like us to see, last one, is freedom in Christ is realized when the believer walks in the Spirit. Verse 13, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, are, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for, those, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under, under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immor- immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me explain that verse. It's a difficult passage, that verse specifically. Paul, if you look at the language, Paul is saying those their whole way of life becomes these things. It's not saying if you struggle with one of those things, you will not inherit the kingdom. Paul's saying if, if you habitually and you stay in those forever, and that's your way of life, that's your lifestyle, those things describe your life constantly, you probably are not a believer. It's that old flesh. And when you accepted Jesus, that flesh no longer has power over you except for which you give it. Say that again. That flesh has no power over your life, your body, except for the power that you give it. And so there's this battle going on, flesh versus spirit. And daily we have to die to our flesh. That's how we handle temptation. When we're tempted, die to our flesh immediately. Take every thought captive. Bounce your eyes, bounce your heart, bounce your, bounce your thought that was from the evil one. Bounce it, run from it, flee. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he will do what? He will flee. You living in defeat this morning? The Lord is sick and tired of seeing you be sick and tired. He wants to set you free. Many of the homes in the world, especially here, Close by are filled with all those fruits of the flesh. The worst things I ever saw in my life growing up as a kid, excuse me, is when the very few times I was able to go spend the night at somebody else's house. And uh, I saw a lot of these things, these fruits of the flesh. And it made me thankful that my parents were a little different. It made me thankful. Now, I will say this. I can't say this in the second service because my parents will be here, but there were definitely some fruits of the flesh in the Fraser house. But nothing like it was at a lot of my friends' house. Now, look at the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kids, remember that when you're begging and screaming asking your mom to open your presents early. Remember that that is your flesh speaking. Fruit of the Spirit is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Here's the deal. We're called to be free, called to freedom. And we should not use that freedom, Paul says, to indulge in the flesh. Just because you're free to eat ice cream doesn't mean you need to eat it 24 hours a day, Mark Ward. Just because you love something, you have got to, what? In moderation. You, you, You can taste freedom. But you cannot use that freedom to indulge your flesh. Verse 14. He says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Does that sound familiar? Jesus said the second greatest commandment is what? To love your friend. To love one another. Love others. This sums up the whole law. Love God and love people. Apparently, verse 15 tells us that these members in these churches were, were kind of fighting against each other. They were biting and devouring one another. They had lost their mind. They were not even acting like believers. And, and Paul says, hey, just stop it. Stop it right now. As I'm sitting here thinking about biting and devouring one another, I thought about chickens. Have you ever observed chickens? They just peck at each other, just going at it. If there's only so much food, they're going to fight. Early bird gets the worm. And sometimes chickens can draw blood. Sometimes they draw feathers. They can even turn one another into chicken soup. Chickens sometimes even can eat one another. Did you know that? Random fact for the day. Chickens are cannibalistic. They're crazy. They taste good, fried. And Paul says, stop, stop it. Stop biting and devouring one another. Act like a man. Act like a woman. Stop acting like a crazy person. Love one another as yourself. That's what Christmas is about. Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The first time I ever called my father-in-law, some of y'all know this, I was in an old chapel, over 100 years old in North Mississippi. and I mean, I had prayed about this all day to call him and ask him if I could take his daughter out on a date. I was scared to death because he's a pastor. I guess that doesn't really make a difference. I'd have been scared to death regardless. He has a very intimidating goatee. And so I got on my front knees in this old chapel and I said, Lord, right down the front front of the front pew, and I said, God, I need you to fight for me like you never have. Lord, I need you to give me favor in the eyes of this man. And I call him. And he didn't answer, but I got his voicemail. You know what his voicemail said? But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I'll never forget that. And I thought, man, this guy loves Jesus. That's his voicemail? How cool is that? And it made me even more terrified to talk to him. So he called me back, and we talked talked for one hour. And at the end of that hour, he had told me over 20 different things he prayed for his future, his wife's future spouse. And every 
Every one of those things were me. And I thought, this guy is either demon-possessed or he really loves Jesus. And it worked out, but it really kind of scared me. I thought, I don't think this is a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't take this girl out. But, he, I mean, he prayed specifics. Like, I, I prayed that this, my, I'm like, dude, I just want to take her on a date, man. I mean, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he says, Spirit of God does strange things like that. Did you know that? The Spirit of God knows the future. The Spirit of God knows what you're dealing with right now. The Spirit of God is powerful. He's here. He's in the house. He wants to set some people free. Paul says, he begins to describe this battle, flesh versus spirit. Desires of the flesh versus the desires of the spirit. They are opposed. They're two forces. And they're not equal forces. They're not opposite forces because if they were opposite forces, it would mean what? That the fruits of the flesh have the same power as the fruits of the Spirit. That's just not true. To say that God and Satan are opposites is to say that they're equal forces against one another, and that is not the case. But our problem is, is that many times when we face the giants in our life, we imply that Satan is actually a match for the Lord. How much does how does that break God's heart? Who put that in our head? We're walking by sight. The enemy put that in our mind. Jesus Christ can whoop the devil anytime, any day, any place with his pinky. He's all powerful. He's more powerful than any evil scheme the devil can come up with. So this morning, flesh versus spirit, which one's going to reign in you? Ball's in your court. You can walk by the spirit, or you can walk in your flesh. God gives us a choice. He's totally sovereign, but in that sovereignty, He has given us an opportunity. We can take strawberry ice cream or chocolate. Why? Because He is a good Father. He loves us. And he didn't create robots to pre-program how we should act. And daily, in the moment, we've got to decide if we're going to walk by the Spirit or we're going to walk in our flesh. And sadly, at Christmas time, a lot of us start walking in our flesh. And you know what happens? Christmas becomes a burden. Christmas, the fun gets taken away because we're walking under all these expectations. I've got to find this for so-and-so. I've got to do this. And I've got to decorate the yard. And I've got to decorate the tree. And yada, yada, yada. Hey, that's not what Christmas is about. Be free this morning. Be free. Paul remind, Paul says in verse 21, we've already talked about those who make the habit of these things, but go to verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That's the key. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Paul says, walk by the Spirit. He does the work. He does the work. And when we know He does the work, what does that do to us? It humbles us. We know deep down it's not us. It's not anything that we brought to the table. If you have the Spirit of God, you don't need anything this world has to offer you. He's enough. He's awesome. If you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, you don't have to have that Christmas present that you want. 
You have even more, you have something far greater than that. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. That's good. No matter if your body's falling apart, no matter if you lost a loved one, no matter what you lost your job, no matter if you can't pay your light bill, if you have Jesus, the Spirit of God living inside of you, you're good. You're set free. The world will insinuate that you must have this and you must have that. People spend billions of dollars trying to convince you daily that you got to have this and you got to have that and you got to look like this and you got to talk like this. You got to have this latest fad that so and so posted on so and so. Be free. Be free this morning. Nothing in this world defines us because we have already been defined by King Jesus. And he declares this morning that you, believer, are free. The victory belongs to Jesus. Do you know that this morning? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Really? We're about to do something very different. We're about to do a responsive reading, okay? I'm going to ask my friend Gail to come, come up here beside me and to help me with this responsive reading. I'm going to give you guys instructions. Now, you don't have to, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. We're going to have it on the screen. But I'm just going to rattle off some truths one at a time about who you are, believer, in Christ, okay? And we're going to go really slow. And the reason we're going to go slow is so you can process what you're saying. The ladies will be a lot faster at this than the men, but we're going to go very slow for the brothers in the house. or if For nobody else, for me, because I need to go slow to process it. Okay, so the first thing we're going to say, being free in Christ, I'm accepted. I'm going to say the truth, and then after I say it, Gail's going to say it, and you guys can say it with her, okay? Now, spiritually speaking, the devil does not want this to happen. The enemy doesn't. In fact, every demon in this county's boots, he, they're shaking right now. They're nervous. I'm so fired up about what's about to happen. If I pass out, just keep going, okay? And all this is based on Scripture, okay? Ready? If you don't want to say it, you don't have to, but if you're a believer, it's powerful when you say it out loud. I am God's child. I am God's child. I have been justified. I have been justified. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I have been adopted as God's child. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am complete 
in Christ. Take a deep breath. Start to feel good yet? Hold on. There's more. Next, we're going to see that being free in Christ, that we are secure. Okay? You guys all right? I am assured that all things work together for good. I am assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am confident He will finish what He started in me. I am confident He will finish what He started in me. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I can find grace and mercy in the time of need. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I know this is a little awkward, but there's some people being set free right now. We're going to go one more, one more page, okay? Being free in Christ, it gives us significance. So this morning, if you think your life is not important, that your life doesn't count, that you don't feel special, let me tell you, you're significant to the Lord. I am the salt and light of the earth. I am the salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of His life. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of His life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. I am God's temple. I am God's co-worker. I am God's co-worker. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You feel that freedom? You're starting to feel it? Thank you, Gail. There's something powerful. Now, those are truths that are there for the believer. Now, still, still, you've got to have faith in those truths. And when you begin to have a little bit of faith, not a lot, but just a little bit, in those truths, you begin to be set free. You begin to stop letting other people define who you are. Stop letting this world define who you are. 
Stop letting your own self and your own pressure that you apply to your life. We're about to have a time of response. And I would imagine that for many people, God's doing something in your heart. I know He has mine. I woke up this morning free as a bird because I've been in this text all week. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Be free. This morning, if you don't know this freedom, I want you to seriously ask yourself if you've ever given your heart and life to Jesus, if you've ever come to Christ, if you've ever been born again, because if you have never tasted this freedom, friend, it's available for you today. Jesus purchased it on the cross. And He rose three days later. He disarmed the enemy once and for all. He reigns victorious. How will you respond this morning? Let's pray.